0: Pushing buttons, pushing buttons. Pushing
1: buttons. Well, my day started out okay um, because All right. I didn't drop an iron on my toe until late in the afternoon. Oh. And right now I'm okay. I'm a little bit dizzy with, uh, we're on a schedule. So we're gonna do what I said we were gonna do today and we're gonna mm-hmm. do it on a schedule. Even though I'm trying to eat my
0: dinner. You, so you can eat your home. dinner. And um, <laughs>
1: if you're watching us eat dinner, we know that's not camera appropriate, but we don't care. We're gonna live our lives and talk about things that matter to us. Um, hi Tanya, how was your day? You usually don't work on Thursdays, but you were in at your. And please don't choke on your dinner while we're doing things either. That's no, I didn't good... think
0: about oh, my <laughs>
1: Well, I don't know that that's going to be a big issue. I hope not. Um, anyway, how was your day? It's
0: okay. Busy people.
1: Busy people. Oh, people. Know that. Well, and I mean, people. some people know what you do because some of our listeners work with you. But um, oh wait, our listener works with you. Um, I joke. <laughs> Yes, once again. I do want to point out again this week. First off, I haven't said welcome to our podcast. Uh, uh, this is our third season. So if you haven't watched the first two seasons, they're not all there to watch. But if you haven't listened to the first two seasons, <laughs> let me encourage you right now. Don't. Um, or feel free to go back and no. listen to them. I'm just saying they're fine. I mean, we, we've... It, we, it, this That's is an interesting. E- yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, welcome to the podcast. This is an experiment in having a conversation Without being too concerned about um, laying it's, it all out before we get there. We talk about a lot of things just around the house. And things that matter to us that...
0: The point of this podcast is...
1: Yes, ma'am. If our kids us.
0: were in the room trying to ask us questions, we're supposed to be answering them. This is the way our conversations with our kids go. They're kind of haphazard and <laughs> a little bit off the cuff. But we usually get things accomplished. So
1: Yeah, and I think that's what's important is we want to be able to... Um, kind of have the conversation with the microphone on we joke i don't know if uh, anyone in this audience has ever experienced this before but when you sometimes are in the heat of an argument you'll say something like if we could just record this you'll see what you did because usually in an argument you're not thinking about your own contribution you're thinking about the other person's contribution and um my wife and i have discovered that now we can record what we've done and listen back into it back back and making up new words back to it Um, And we have discovered that we say some things that we actually find interesting. (laughs) (laughs) You you listened to the podcast, what, last week, coming home? Yeah, You walked home from work and you listened to a couple weeks ago? And what did you say your experience of listening back was? (laughs) Well,
0: truly, it was kind of like God put words in there that I wasn't even aware of. So that was cool, because hopefully that will be what it is anyway. Just you and I can talk, but we don't have the wisdom that's going to offer anything to anybody but god yeah, might yeah. and it might come up in our conversation and that would be cool if he would use us that way
1: well so, so yeah so the purpose of this podcast is for us to just talk about things i think we're that,
0: pretty entertaining though i will say that well yeah <laughs> I mean, and so we entertain each other we entertain ourselves i guess that's all that matters right
1: i i'm definitely entertained by you
0: <laughs> no you're entertained by yourself
1: <laughs> i'm not sure if I'm there's a word for that too. but um but i will leave believe it yeah gleefully. Uh, a couple of things we are going to speak through the filters of our worldview, which is faith and that means that everything that we talk about here is rooted in an understanding that um, Christ is, is that the Bible is, is the, truth. Yeah, the Bible is the truth. the Bible is the truth. And so are uh, the best tool live. We hold to that. We hold to that truth not to be self-evident but revealed to us um, through the gospel. And uh, so that's, that's how we see the world. We can't, you know, we can't talk about the world through someone else's worldview. We got to take on our own worldview. So that's what this is. And
0: you and I can't separate anything we would talk about from that worldview. That's what I think is fascinating because it doesn't matter how much we might try to stay a little bit neutral. The Bible and the truth that we have known all of our lives and understood um, as a bedrock for everything that we live and believe is going to be, it's going to come through what we talk about. It doesn't matter. That's how everyone is. They might not admit to that, but whatever their belief structure happens to be, that's where they're going to speak. So here we go. go.
1: So here's the question of the day. Does history repeat itself? Um, we find ourselves talking. I don't know. I know you're impressed that we actually have a question of the day where we start. podcast. <laughs> like Most of the time we figure it out as we go along. What was the question of the day? I know that's me. But anyway, um, so we've been talking a little bit about that. You know, it feels like along the lines of things, there's that there's patterns that repeat over and over and over again, and and we are not alone in that. I found out, you know, as I started looking at that, you know, there's a there's a Chinese wheel of history that exists where they have the rise of a civilization um, that comes through a warrior king that rises up and conquers the chaos, and uh, declares, and there's an age of reason or education that grows in that where things move into a more um, settled and government kind of thing and and then there's um the chinese wheel gets into a uh, since where the power becomes corruptible and decay it's it's the, the it's usually in a trade kind of thing or where there's commerce is happening and then it just decays and falls apart again and then a warrior king comes up and it just kind of goes in this wheel this circle and it's an old they, they did it with the dynasties back in the big the old days when they had like this 500 year period of dynasties they kind of mapped it and said look there's this this pattern there um, so the idea, first off, that was that's one theory. I'll, I'll bring up the Schlesinger theory of American history in a minute because it was something I thought was interesting and it's more pertinent to us because we're living in America. But what do you think? Does history repeat itself just in its simplest form? Do you think that, that history is repetitive? How would you answer that question if somebody just walked up and said, Tanya, does history repeat itself?
0: I would say absolutely. but That's because most people don't learn from mistakes. So that's usually the angle that you hear. But no, patterns of history and eras of history, I think everyone would agree that there's definitely uh, patterns, that's the best word, I guess. And I think that even, uh, was it Solomon in Ecclesiastes he says, there's nothing new under the sun. So I think everything has been, that has been, will be again. And... and The problem, the only problem with that is that there's also an ecclesiastical, well, that's not the right word,
1: uh, eschatological, yeah,
0: there you go, theory of the end of the world eventually, and so that means that it wouldn't repeat itself, I guess, unless we're talking about back to Adam and Eve in the garden, which, that would be cool, but, so I don't know, I mean, that feels like a loaded question, I think it's something that everyone says, so likely everyone in some degree believes it, History through families through circumstances through eras of history probably does repeat itself but anyway
1: well i and i deal with it with i deal this? with it from a pastoral <laughs> conversation you know i it seems like every time we turn around the end of the world is nigh and that seems to be cyclical it seems to be that you know there's a period of time depending it that theology oftentimes is is ta- is t- tacked on to historical progression in other words when times are really bad Lord Jesus, return now when <laughs> times are really good. No, Lord, it's okay. We can yeah. redeem this. It's, it's, masses, it's, it's, and so, which I think shows the the a bit of the issue with being a human, and um and you know is are we locked into this sort of metaphysical cycle that turns and turns and turns? That's that is you know a wheel of progression. Um, I you know I don't think that that's a. Um, that's that. Well, that's, I don't agree with that. I don't think history repeats itself in that truest form. That it's always going to be. You can categorize, I think, in in some ways that. But um, I think
0: well, humans are apt to act humanly. So therefore, even in the Bible, you see families do this, and you think they'll learn. Just like I said, uh, don't tend to learn. So the next family, you think they'll be branching out. No, they tend to do things in the same way, right, right. or at least so in that way. But
1: I think that's the quote no, of the humans as as patterns, act humanly. Yeah. I think that is, the human mm-hmm. problem is is a factor there. I, I, I heard another, the whole idea that history repeats itself is a, obviously a, what is it called? If it's a state, it's a
0: cliche. Cliché, mm-hmm. yeah, it's
1: become a cliche. Um, it's, it's I think, a, a better frame. I've heard a different one that says history doesn't repeat itself, but it often rhymes. Um, and I I think that's a pretty good way to put it. In other words, it, because that ties it to what it is, which is human nature. Um, the thing that I found was interesting and is, is a political thing was the Schlesinger's um, father and son, uh, author M. Schlesinger, father, author M. Schlesinger, also son, okay. um, f- formed a, a theory as they tried to understand American politics. And they went through phases of American politics and history. I find it's interesting um, especially, I watched a video one person put on. I'm um, a history teacher, and I find it interesting that uh, the way. Well, first off, the way that this goes, I'll just share with you. They had two ways of saying. They said that the pendulum. They're the pendulums of history. That's what they came up with the whole pendulum thing. It swings to the left. It swings to the right. Swings liberal. Swings conservative, as it were. And there, the the thing that's interesting to me is their definitions of liberal and conservative. They did, the, they did the work and said, we will define. This is a liberal viewpoint. This is a conservative viewpoint. And so in liberal viewpoint, they said that democracy in the liberal is where they see democracy is increasing. Focus on the wrongs of the many. The government will focus on the wrongs of the many. The, public pers- uh, pub- the most important thing is public purpose, human rights, and welfare. Um, and then you've got experimentalism, reform, and public activism. All of these things are encouraged in the society. In the, in the conservative things, they've got democracy decreasing, the rights of the few are, pol- are, polarized, are prioritized, private interests, property rights, fear of masses, um, respect of hierarchy, and a sober reflection and tradition. Now, interestingly, I think this works in the first phase that they talk about. They've got us through hey, like nine. Hang on. Hang, hang on. Here. Yeah, go ahead.
0: This is what they're saying. Happens when...
1: This is their definition of liberal and conservatism. <sighs> Okay. I don't like these definitions. I'm I'm, I'm getting to it. I'm getting to it. Here's what I think is interesting about it. So, what I think is that this may have been relevant for a time, but also, even these definitions, I think, show show bias towards what one person would call a conservative versus liberal. Because right now, in the modern vernacular, I think a conservative sounds a little more liberal by this definition, and a liberal sounds a lot more conservative by this definition. I think that they've literally flipped. The verb is because I right now, if you were to look at conservative politics in America, the biggest thing is less government, more democracy, and what this is saying is conservative is more gov, um, is less democracy, more power and control at the center. Now, Hank, to, to say this clearly, ah. let me. In the first generation, when the American Revolution happened, this makes sense. The liberal front was to break away from the monarchy the controlling power that was doing everything and to establish rights for the people freedom to own their own land all of the things that happened in that first generation through the um, signing of the Declaration of Independence all of this giving rights and freedoms to people and then what I found interesting is I watched and listened to this historian break it down and how these two men phased forward on it and this is it, it's it gets funny so I want you to I want you to check with me for one second on this as you watch around these two yet. <laughs> well, no. Ironic, not funny. Maybe because as they press this forward in history, they're looking backwards. They're able to see here and here. But I noticed as they got into the nineteenth to the twentieth century and they got into the nineteen hundreds, I was watching them going, "No, that's not what happened." And I'm looking at it thinking, "Well, you're saying that the that the the wanting more and more power to be in the hands of the people, and they're saying that the uh, restoration of." or the beginning of, uh, oh shoot, the New Deal, that was less government control. I'm going, well, actually the New Deal was more, more government uh, control.
0: Yes. Yeah, so um, nice. And
1: so I'm gonna, I mean, there's no way that it can't be more government control if the government is flowing its money out and making the, the human beings depend upon the government for mm-hmm. its resources. So you begin to see it shift, but the guys who created the theory, the Schlesinger brothers are still, are uh, father, son, are still holding out this proponent and they're defining it, but I'm watching as the politics gets more and more current and I'm looking at it and I'm going, it makes sense historically all the way back in the beginning, but it's getting muddier as technology and as as the way we interact as a culture. And I'm seeing it shift. It also, I see a major shift at it around the civil war. And when we finally hit the heads on things and because guess what's born during the civil war? It's not a conservative party. The Republican party is born in the civil war. So now the Republicans are brand new ent- that is a brand new entity. And it's coming out with the freeing of Americans. Republicans now are being compa- com- compared to being this traditional, or their view of a conservative model, but they're nothing like that. And that's what we see as move forward. And here's what's funny about it: the irony is this. I'm sorry to bore you a little bit, but the uh, irony of what I saw in that is this: as the Schlesingers move forward, the old, the younger one, the, the father Why are these died in the. Important. A, you didn't really They're say the, the ones that, that came up with this theory. That doesn't make any sense. Okay, okay. so. Um, <laughs> As, as it moves forward and it gets in 1965, dad dies, but son continues to categorize it. And he says, well, we're in this new liberal phase or this new conservative phase right now. He categorizes the Reagan revolution as a conservative phase, which the language right. you and I would use is right. But the power empowering of government, we wouldn't say Not that that's all. true. Well, none of these the holding true.
0: This, uh, like you're saying, that kind
1: of. Yeah. The fear of the masses, respect of hierarchy, sober. None of that none is of true. None of that's true. So, so but, they he, they're, but they're still, the Schlesinger is, um, the younger Schlesinger is still saying that that's what it is, and he says it's a softer leader. And what it boils down to, and and is, is the history teacher finally says, well, towards the end he just kind of started saying things along the lines before he died, along the lines of he was just how sad our co- country it was that our country is so divided. In other words, the irony of it is to me is the model breaks down. That he well, he can't okay. make it happen because his own what his own humanity. You brought this up a minute ago. That's what's impo- It's funny to me, is his own humanness breaks his own model because he sees the world a certain way and he wants to see it a certain way but he can't characterize it anymore and he can theorize all he wants to but the model doesn't work anymore not the way that it's not in its I don't original know that it, definition I want
0: to know when it ever did that's I'm still com- lost on what you're saying at the very beginning because I can understand maybe a little bit more if at the beginning of our country ones that didn't necessarily want to break up, off from England maybe they were uh, you know holding tight to uh,
1: well, what in the early days, applies, because applies. private be...
0: interests and property rights, that was ones who wanted to have freedom, but they also were about human rights. That's what the whole Constitution and Declaration of Independence is about. I'm so confused.
1: Well, think about conservatism in in the beginning of our country. That's What, what was, I was a, trying what do. was a conservative back then? They they wanted the crown. I just the, the, the said that. I just like said, said that. I thought and that's
0: what you meant. But this does still not really even go along with that because um, the idea of uh, uh, personal freedoms and stuff that that wasn't that was still why people were here on our soil. So I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Well, well I, I guess I see if you're saying that. Ah, Whatever was it, the Whig <laughs> party breaker, or right or whatever. Tories and Whigs rose up
1: as one of the conservative moves in the things. According one, to, according that's to these, two kids, different kids. Groups. well, the Republicans or Whigs come along later in our history. They are they
0: the same thing, the Tories and the Whigs?
1: No, not in the um, English government sense. I'm going to get off on that because I don't know off the top of my head. I'm well. I'm that's making, what I'm I just thought you were saying. As I already look stupid. At so the I'm beginning,
0: no, I'm just confused by at the beginning of our country. I know what you're saying. I think that the conservative viewpoint would have supposedly been to support england rule and reign and whatever but it doesn't that doesn't really make sense to me because at that point why would you be on this soil if you really still wanted um because they didn't want to be taxed they didn't want um far-reaching control those are all conservative values? I don't understand, I guess, because I, yeah, I would well, have to no, look at what the, the definition saying, was, not these yeah, kind their, of words. are offensive to well, me. Yeah, that's,
1: that's the thing is we, we're looking at history in a modern lens, and any good um, hermeneutics is we've got to go back and think of where they were then, right? So democracy decreasing in the conservative viewpoint is England's trying to preserve itself. So in those, by okay, by these historians' definition of the conservative during the first part of our country's development, during the the birth of a nation, as it were. Conservatives were the English or English, um, the English Allegiant. Okay. So the, what's happening is while democracy is decreasing, the, the few are prioritized. Those who are loyal to the English are being prioritized. And then private interest and property rights, we want to preserve what we have. You can't have that kind of thing. Whereas... There, there's a fear that other masses and stuff might come in and take it over. Now, let me fast forward that all the way up. I can say the same thing might be true about a Congress right now, which is pushing away this. And this is the argument in current politics. The current the, So I could apply this definition of conservatism. I could apply to uh, the current state of our current government, of the Democrats in office right now.
0: Yeah, the Democrats Rights in the office, few which would diminished. not ever be considered yeah.
1: conservative. Well, that, that's what I'm getting at. They're conserving their own power mm-hmm. their own their own they're cementing their own power when there's a fence around the capital of dc the people's house people can't even visit it for a tour guide you know there's there's a this sense of of locking down the country not because of a pandemic but to secure power and yeah. for fear of the masses all of these things literally describe the current news cycle so modern definition of, that's why i said what's funny about this little viewpoint is it's flipping on its lid and the guys who created it couldn't explain modern politics because modern politics is now a mirage of this and when the republican party was born it was born to free the slaves and so when you it, the whole point of the republican party was returning people or elevating the masses to power that's what it was all about now it's been since accused of being big business and all that but the 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 thing is this tanya is and then we got we got stuck elevating on this is labels labels um, are shifting and changing, but people want to people want to confuse with them, as for lack of a better word. And we're, we're we're tracking away because we're trying to work this out. But what I find ironic in this is you and I can hardly have a conversation about it because the terms don't match up with what we understand today those terms to mean.
0: Okay, and so what did you?
1: Does history repeat itself?
0: Right. These is... guys
1: had a theory of it. The Chinese had a theory of it. You know. I, I think that the statement I made a minute ago, um, no, but it often rhymes, is, is is rooted in the truth of things, is that human beings are um, en masse predictable enough to where we're going to repeat some of the same things over and over and over again. They'll have a different expression, but we do repeat ourselves. You mentioned the biblical founders, um, or the biblical fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Look at their lives as an example. Do you see a cycle that's happening between those three Hierarchical generations,
0: right? That's what I. I've that's what said. you had said
1: a minute ago. I mean, how would you? Uh,
0: well, the patterns of uh, you see it more in um,
1: podcast is over. We answer the question. No, we don't think it does. It rhymes. <laughs> so what, anyway, what? Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> frustrated. I feel like I'm just making it more complicated than I want to. It, mm-hmm. it
0: should be. i was just trying to follow what you were trying to get at, but I I already said that. I think their families didn't learn from. When they would choose to trust in themselves versus trusting God, it was—it seemed to be a cycle they continued to hit back. And, and that's where Adam and Eve started. They trusted themselves instead of trusting God or trusted a tempter that, that meant they knew more than God did. Mm-hmm. That's definitely a cycle of humanity. And I think um, you see that in the kings too. The There'll be a, um, a king who'll rise up as good trust the Lord, but then his son or whatever won't. And then... It'll, that'll be passed down, and then it'll go back to somebody else who tried to trust in the Lord. But it just keeps cycling that the... And in the the Old Testament, to me, seems to be idols. It's... it's The focuses are wrong. The idea of finding something to worship or something to... Uh, maybe it's... Uh, invest their trust. I, I mean, for lack of a better word, it's, it's trust in... And they always come back to, I think I'll worship this little statue that's here. You know, I think what's funny is the only way I can relate to that, to what is going on in America and and across the world now even, is that we do always, as humans, tend to cycle back to trust ourselves rather than either things that we can't explain or can't figure out, such as all this transgender stuff and all that thing, and believe that God has a better plan even if we can't figure it out. We have to have the answers. We have to have whatever. So we end up in these idle situations where we're, you know, coming up with, well, we're going to do it this way. And obviously we end up in dark pits. But um, but the idea that we still trust ourselves over God's wisdom, that's definitely a history repeater often. <laughs> and,
1: a little bit. Yeah. I, well, so I don't oddly enough, I, I found myself thinking about today... Um, the greatest commandment. You know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And I, I, was, I was reading in um, Colossians 3 where it says, So if you've been raised with the Messiah, seek what is above, where the Messiah is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on what is above, not on what is earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with the Messiah in God. When the Messiah who is your life is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. I, and how did that throw me back to the um, love the Lord your God thing? Well, it goes on what you were saying, that um, when our focus is on solving our own problems, we do repeat our own problems. They may be a reflection rather, or a rhyming problem rather than the exact same problem. But nonetheless, we tend to not, we don't, we may get a little better, but we don't get well. Does that make <laughs> sense? Um, or we just destroy everything in the process. Depends on how we do that. And it's because we take our idols along. Even if our idols are our own self value of our own opinion. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And I'm yes. not saying that we shouldn't have an opinion. I'm not saying that we shouldn't express an opinion. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have a way in which we try to do things. Those, those are important. But when those become the focus, we disintegrate. Um, here's, so how does this relate to Colossians? First off, when you look at the, greatest commandment love the lord your god the word love um is uh, agapeo which is uh means take pleasure in okay and so you're, you're taking your entire desire and pleasure and it says so if you when you take pleasure in god um mm-hmm. i think what jesus is saying to us in that is if you'll take pleasure in god and, and i think that the neighbor thing almost is added for our help but if you really think about it if you take pleasure in god is the center and the source of everything then whatever emanates from that. Is going to bless and be loving towards everything around it right so that means your neighbor is going to be loved also so you love god and then in turn you're going to love everything god loves in priority and order so when you come here when he says um, so if you've been raised with messiah seek what is above where messiah is seated at the right hand of god he's saying turn your focus on what's above what's important what's the value and when you do that you're you're hidden in him and I mean, in other words, the word "hidden" here for me um, means I'm in, I'm I'm encased. I'm I'm not hiding, but I'm I'm clothed, I'm covered in Messiah love or Messiah. Well, you know what I'm saying? And so I'm and and where he goes in this, I'm turning this into an entire Bible study. But where he goes in this is he says, therefore, put to death whatever is worldly, sexual morality, um, impurity, lust, evil desire, and greed, which is idolatry. That's what you said. That's what caused me to open up and say, hey, look at this. Idolatry. When we, for example, sexuality is the first thing he brings here. Sexuality is an outflowing of the love that a man and a woman have for one another in their relationship with God. If it's done purely, that sets a parameter on it. And it's, it's going to be expressed properly and purely because it's coming from a pure source God, right? But if sexual um, pleasure is what you seek, and that's where you look to have your desire fulfilled then what's going to happen is you're going to do whatever you can to find the fullness of that desire being filled, which means you're going to take it and do whatever. It's it's the focus. Therefore, you'll twist it into whatever you think is necessary so you can continue to ping that addiction or that desire. You'll do the same thing with money. If God has given you, um, if he's your pleasure, then everything that's pleasurable with him, your resources and how you take care of yourself, your family and those people around you is going to be governed um, properly. But If money is your focus, you'll take it, you'll twist it, and you'll turn it into whatever it is so you can have more of it for your own purpose. Mm -hmm. And the next phrase is, that is idolatry. So he says idolatry, so he's saying, that's your God.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And and that's what struck me. That's what made me go, wow. So how do you keep history from repeating itself? Don't let anything on this planet or in this existence become that which is your sole source of desire, the sole source of your pleasure.
0: Well, and one thing that you...
1: Sorry, I turned it into...
0: To me, one thing you missed right. a little bit in that passage. In yes, um, what was it? You started with our desire, our delight, or what was the word you used? I was our saying desire, um, right? it's
1: desire. take delight okay. in, to take delight in. So
0: I've always said, I believe that because it, the Bible was written likely in hebrew or greek which is still all of it's left to right isn't it or is greek right to left
1: greek's right to left okay Hebrew's well right anyway
0: right. i always end up wondering backwards are up down. what it feels <laughs> like it is it happens and with Paul. i'm not sure if, if it's always with paul but it seems like there's a conclusion and then uh and then there's the reason for the conclusion it's almost like it should start out the opposite so what i was going to say was the last part of that you've died your life is hidden with Christ and God, when Christ, who is your life, then you will also appear with him when Christ appears, um, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. That to me is the key to this whole, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are, because you have found your identity. You have your, um, everything settled. You know, who loves you, you know, where your life is, you know, because everyone's searching for who they are and what are they. This and that question about the the person, I think that's the only way that we are able to, like you just said, once we are loving God, we are also always, it's going to be a natural outflow for us to love others because of that. But it starts with us knowing that we are loved, us Mm -hmm. starting Mm -hmm. with knowing who we are, that our life is hidden with Christ in God, which is, I've given that envelope and illustration, put a little me in there. And in reality, still you have to put um you have to put Jesus in me. So here's me, and I'm this maybe this envelope that's about an inch big or whatever, and I'm gonna put half inch Jesus goes inside me. Then I'm gonna go in Christ, and then Christ is gonna go in God. And all of a sudden you feel quite surrounded by that picture of why in the world do we doubt or yeah, worry that's or the
1: hidden in Christ. Why
0: mind. do we have anxieties? Why do we, yeah, why do we look for anything else? We our whole satisfaction is and every bit of our identity is filled because we know who we are and who we are loved by and then like you're saying everything else um well first of all it's gonna die because it does it can't stand up against that we know who we are we don't have to worry about um sexual fulfillment or um impurity or other things idols trying to come in and uh and uh pretend or be you know, try to take the place of. Because if we are able to focus and keep our eyes where they ought to be on our whole, I, that being our whole identity, that being our whole life, when Christ, who is your life, appears and you'll appear with him in glory. To me, yeah, that's that's the whole answer of all of it. History definitely repeats itself when we don't remember right, right. who we are. When when Abraham doubted or forgot God's promises to him, God's telling him that he was himself, his reward. Then he would stray off the, well, maybe these people want to kill me. I think I'll let Sarah be my sister instead. I mean, it's just like, you know, just slight yeah. edges, but then it causes a whole family sometimes to go downhill because they forget.
1: You know, um, well, and that's, uh, we, we talked a little bit about Jacob's life and Jacob being the deceiver, I think a couple of weeks ago or last week or all, all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing that we have. And I think what, what the Old Testament gives us is a gift is the, to see that cycle of, of history on its own. And history is God begins to intervene mm-hmm. and reveal himself to us. Mm-hmm. And and then as we begin that struggle, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob begin to struggle. They're taking matters into their own hands as well as trying to trust God. And there's there's blessings and, and disasters as a result. I'm going to let you figure out where the disasters come from. It's probably not <laughs> from God's intervention. <laughs> um, but then you get to Joseph, and Joseph seems to have disaster upon disaster inflicted upon him by the people around him making their own way. But yet he faithfully depends upon God mm-hmm. and as a result is elevated to status yep. and becomes the savior of Israel at a time of famine. And um, and while that foreshadows Jesus, you know, very much so, it's it's interesting because it's also a very um, pertinent life lesson of a young kid who was a braggart about how special he was in his daddy's eyes, but yet loved God. And still God grew him and matured trusted. him to a point to where he would be able to and used his entire life. And what I'm hearing you say all, to, to teach him. is ahead. a
0: ton of references to what I believe is going on in America right now. So there's, we have a major identity crisis. Our country and does, yeah. And we started on the right path because our identity was in Christ. It was in God. It was in the inalienable rights that have been given to us by God. It was in um, trusting that we knew he was sovereign over this land, over the gift we saw it as whatever. And then just like um, we've been through our ups and downs, whatever, and what we've lost or what we've lost sight of is that trust, that belief that God would pull us out of the, the pit when we turn back to Him. So I think what's going on right now in our land is that governments try to answer questions. they They want to. We know as Christians they're not going to be able to. We are trying to bring us... You know back to focus back to let's get rid of abortion let's get rid of the things that do not honor god the the different places we know that america's choosing wrong and and then we can come back to the top we can come back to blessing others or being blessed by them and to be able to give to others like joseph was able to because he he was faithful to god he raised rose you know took him up to the levels of pharaoh literally in pharaoh's court in charge of the whole entire world's yep. <laughs> resources because he trusted God and because it nothing was too big for him and he knew nothing was too great for God. That's what I guess I want to say um, and believe America can turn back to that and, and believe that, that America can turn back to believing that nothing's too great for God. Nothing's too big. to, And too, nothing is too much for God to be able to heal either. Because mm-hmm. we see a big rift right now in and even just um, the opinions and the, the the whatever ideals of what we think it ought to be, yeah. I wish we could just return.
1: And that's a and that's a good way to turn this and maybe wrap up our conversation today. Uh, I heard a I heard um, a conversation that said another aspect of, of where um, how a culture just dis- disintegrates and how it returns, and you know what one what one generation. Um, uh, sort of forbids the next generation resists um and the next generation accepts and the next generation pushes and um and that's not the words they use but that's the idea you know you've got this is the way things are in our society so the next generation says no we don't want to do that we're not going to accept that norm and they resist it, and the following one is, is taught that it's okay, and they accept it, and the next one begins to teach and push it on down the ground, it begins to force it upon others. I kind of feel like that's where we are as a culture. Well, how do you we return? Seem, how
0: do you uh, go back and then to what where it's bad again? In a, in a <laughs> biblical
1: or Christian model, repentance. A few yeah, people exactly. turn around and say, no, wait a minute, there was something there. And I see that politically happening. And, and what what's interesting is a lot of the people that I hear talking about this turning around towards a conservative worldview, meaning conserving scripture, not a political ideal. Um, if they have political ideas, they're rooted in that worldview, the one you and I talk about, we see the world through, um,
0: biblical narrative. narrative. Mm -hmm. And
1: so as a result of that, what, um, and we could spend a whole time talking about the, the fact that right now even in the church this our current political narrative is confusing christians with one another the whole mm-hmm. scripture where it talks about if the elect could be deceived kind of feels like that's happening guys i want to say to yeah. people who are prominent leaders in our in our christian life okay getting I mean, a little distracted we, the the, <laughs> the culture likes to talk about sexual or moral failure well, that's happens human beings are still human but i mean we're seeing people bite on at one another who respect one another mm-hmm. and, and, and the love breakdown? Because down Jesus didn't idea. say you'll know they'll know us by how we act morally all the time. They'll know us by how oh, we love right. one another through a difficulty. Well, and, and, so, and anyway, those are
0: distractions from what God's ideals, God's commandments, such as the to me the biggest one in our culture right now is abortion. So those are distractions because well, now we're we're stuck on those, but we're not pushing anything over here that's that's God has said and and forbid, and those are repentant places. Well, and things like abortion are going to change to go. unless
1: there's a foundational understanding of what where life is and where it comes from that changes in the heart of a human. So repentance, but to get to my, back to my point, repentance is the first thing. And then from repentance, a large group of people continue to repent. The more and more people that repent, then we have what's revival. Mm-hmm. We see a revival of the, of the a culture forms, a culture a revival is a, is a foundation of a culture mm-hmm. that's saying this is, we want to return to God. And then from that cultural, that's uh, Martin Luther was a part of a reformation that happened when the Catholic Church became dominant and it was powerful and people were just buying indulgences. That's Martin Luther literally nailed the 95 Theses because people were buying the right to sin and the church was profiting off of that. Mm. It was his version of twist turning the tables over in the temple. The church was profiting on sin. Yeah. And so Luther brought about reformation. There were people that were with him on that and um and
0: And there were people that were killed in the state
1: yeah and so they see reformation and return and so you know that's it's a journey and i and i think that you're right i think we're in a place where um some things are going to break are breaking Mm -hmm. i don't think donald trump broke the world i think the world was broken i think that maybe his presidency did reveal some things about how it was broken or, or highlight them um and but we've seen we've seen that the um, a human being in office for four years in presidency even began to fracture Christian community, because he's not a godly person and he's not a non godly person. He's he's a person, and um, who cares? I don't I don't I don't live in the White House. I don't live in the Trump. I don't know what he believes one way or another about things. I just know that um, this was a person who came along and just disrupted the heck out of everything, and that's how history is going to remember him. I think as a disruptor, um, and he's. So that's just, again, another conversation. I, I think that what we've seen in the last 10, 15 years really has been, because the, the, the pattern that I just laid out for you, what one generation you know, uh, mm-hmm. is, another one resists, that's 40 years that I'm talking about. If we look at it from generation, we can go all the way back to the 40s, the greatest generation, and say that that's what's been transpiring ever since... I think World War II, we're seeing that pattern happen. Well, they called it the sexual
0: revolution, but our our yeah. parents. Yeah, we even um, called it
1: those things. <laughs> we even named it after mm-hmm. Sin. <laughs> so, anyway, um, that's anything you want to add? I think that's a pretty good close up. So, does history repeat itself? No, but it rhymes. More importantly, history isn't about a timeline, it's an, a culture. It's really about the people who drive it. This is how I understand what we've talked about. And that's rooted in where we focus things. If we're focused on things that are eternal, we'll endure for longer periods of time. Um, but right now where our culture is, it seems we're all after, to some degree, it's almost caref- um, disastrous. that When we think the American dream is about profit, security, well-being of, of finding pleasure in ourself, then it's going to destroy itself. And that's where we've been, mm-hmm. I think, as a culture for the last 30 or 40 years. When we understood the American dream as a place where we could go and we could grow and we could chase after our our belief systems and and God and and work those things out because that's where our country started. Um, Because our our country started
0: with seeking God, wanting, I believe, they wanted to build a country that, that pleased God, that brought glory to him. Whether or not that was individually true, it was as a corporate whole so if we could go back to, like you said, question three. So you've
1: been raised to uh, seek what is above where Messiah is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on what is above and not on what is on the earth.
0: Well, because Matthew um, 6, 32, whatever, 36. seek first King the kingdom of God, God and all these things will be added to you. Meaning, I think that lumps everything into it. When you seek him, when you seek his righteousness is what that pattern says. Everything else he can do for you. He will do for you. Yeah. He said, get your eyes on me. I'm the author and finisher of your faith. I'm the one who is the answer. So that's what we need to be encouraging this whole country, but especially the ones around us, because it has to start small and making it
1: into a revolution. <laughs> I agree. Well, that said, one more thing. Um, happy anniversary. Yeah. Yesterday was um, our... 33rd. 33rd anniversary. <laughs> I was going to say that. Just need to give me a second. Yeah, I know, right. <laughs> 33rd <not> anniversary. Sure. <laughs> and I want to thank you for still being here and not walking out. i am probably given you you're plenty welcome. of opportunities. You're welcome. It's the part where you you're supposed too. to say I'm so glad. Thank <laughs> anyway, you. I love you. And um, we'll do this again next time, next week. We're going to try to do this more regularly. Okay. Three weeks in cool. a row. Fist bump. I'm proud. <laughs> now let's see if we can do it for 48 or so more. We'll take years. So, okay. You know, Good, weeks. Cool. Oh, anyway. weeks. All right. Take care. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll see you next time. A kickbite! Find-